Hello and welcome to the Metapod Podcast, the Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. We're in the full swing, Sean, of 2023. We've already had a major regional championship, but I got to ask, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Jake. Had a nice chill weekend. Uh, I, I will, for all of the very limited football fans who also listen to this podcast, though, my Cowboys were absolute garbage on Have Sunday. Have they made the playoffs they, already? Yeah, or? they're already in the playoffs. Yeah, the game yeah didn't so they really don't need matter. to play well. It didn't matter, yeah. but Jake, it does not look good when your team plays that poorly right before their first playoff game. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, uh. So we'll see. Get, uh, get out all the bad now. But yeah. who do you have? I know this podcast releases after the national championship, but who do you have in the college national championship? Let me just go look up who's playing. In the- I'm pretty sure it's TCU in Georgia. TCU in Georgia? Yeah, pretty sure. TCU is in a college football national championship? They've all right. Hold on. NCAA champion. Georgia versus TCU. It plays in like 15 minutes well, from the, at the time of this recording. Um, you know, I I I'm gonna pick TCU. I'm from Texas, and like oh, I, I know I TCU. Know yeah, TCU is one of those teams that like I didn't really care about. To be frank, I was a Longhorn, <laughs> I was a Longhorns fan. Um, you know, when I was younger, but I'll go with TCU because like I don't. They, I I think this has got to be their first ever national championship appearance. No like, idea. They're like not that. They're like good at football, but like not that big. So well, I mean, they're pretty good at football I mean, if they're in the national championship. Obviously. <laughs> How about you? Who are you picking? I'm picking Georgia. Why? Oh, I don't really team. know. They're red, feels, I guess. Well, I mean, it feels like they're like one of those teams that's like been there before, you know. I yeah, I think they have in the last yeah. couple of years. So they're like Georgia and Alabama and all the and like, you know, Oklahoma. USC. I don't really follow the sports ball. Okay. I just work in it. You know? <laughs> I, I don't follow it. They just pay me. Yeah. But what I do follow is the Pokemon trading card game, Sean. And you do too. And we got a lot to talk about today. This San Diego regional, in my opinion, was very exciting. It was very cool. And you may have seen us tweet about it over on the Metapod. I sent the screenshot to Sean. Aerodactyl VMAX kind of dominated the tournament, which is awesome. But Aerodactyl V-Star dominated in ways that I can't believe it dominated. So we'll talk a bunch about that later in the podcast. But first, as always, Sean, what what are we doing? We got that five-star review or comment on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a five-star review today over from Apple iTunes. Remember, whether we're five stars or one stars, in your opinion, leave us a review, leave us a rating. It helps out the channel a ton, and we really appreciate feedback that you all provide. This feedback is given through Elroy, exclamation point, 77. This is the first time I've actually seen, like, an exclamation point in in a review name. name. Yeah, kind of crazy. This podcast is extremely helpful. Great podcast. I love all the deck reviews and have been making some decks with some of the cards in them. Elroy, thank you so much for the review. Glad to talk about a bunch of different decks for you. And hopefully, you know, there's one or two more that you can build out of uh, this tournament that we got coming up. Or you can build out of these uh, boxes and stuff that we're Mm going to talk about. 
true. Some new stuff, Sean. Uh, yeah. Speaking of those boxes, I'll just, that was a good transition that I almost, yeah, let's missed. go. Uh, speaking of these boxes, we have a new product coming out soon. Uh, that is called the knockout collection, which is going to be featuring the Galar Pokemon. So still like base, like, like sword and shield era rather mm-hmm. than moving directly into the scarlet and violet era. Um, and what these are is they are going to be reprints of uh, a few different cards that you can get. Galarian Slowking, Obstagoon, and Dragapult. Um, it's only 10 bucks, which is super cheap. comes with two sticker sheets, booster packs, a PTCG live code. Um, a sticker sheet is interesting. Yeah, like they're saying here, it's like the first time that comes with that instead of a coin. Mm-hmm. Jake, what do you think about 10 bucks for a couple of packs and... Uh, and some promos it's i mean it's fine yeah i mean it seems like a fair price you are getting two packs right in the image on pokey beach that they use they have a silver tempest pack and an astral radiance pack pack rates are going up Mm -hmm. um as of late i think we talked about that in a previous podcast episode where the cost per pack goes up to 4.99 yeah or something like that yeah yeah, so 10 bucks, in my opinion, is pretty much the same thing as buying two packs. You do get a set of stickers as well, so that's where the extra money comes in. You get the promos on top of it. So if you like cracking packs, especially like small kids, mm-hmm. um, it you all never saw the listeners and the YouTube watchers and stuff like that never saw this. But when I was at home, you know, I lived in a bunk bed and under the top bed of the bunk my brother and i would put every single sticker like that we came across so it's like littered of like probably 12 years worth of stickers um so i mean this is a great thing to get like small kids and things like that and it's cool you know you know what this feels like i they said that this is like these knockout collections are usually sold at walgreens and the pokemon center so i guess Mm -hmm. It's not a new product necessarily. I've never it's seen it. It's just like a new iteration. Uh, but, or, well, new iteration would be new product. Anyways, go on. Well, yeah, but I mean, I wonder, like, something like this, it basically, it feels kind of like, you know those blister packs that you can get that have, like, two to three packs and a promo, and sometimes yeah. they'll have, like, a pin or something as mm-hmm. well? It, I mean, it feels like it's just another packaging, quite literally, of that thing. So, mm-hmm. pretty straightforward. And- I mean, like, I also don't mind the change from sticker sheet to coin because I feel like a lot of times the coins you get like the same three coins. Yes. And a lot of these types of boxes that are not specifically like the Eternatus VMAX box or whatever. Um, And they've also done this transition into gigantic coins. Mm, Right. Huge. Yeah, they're huge coins, and they're way bigger than ones that you usually see people play with. Um, and so with this kind of style of packaging where it's just like a long, thin thing, it's probably much easier, I would say, mm-hmm. at this point, to just use a sticker sheet that you can fold up and and things like that and put inside, and they can just be the size of like two packs stacked on top of each other. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And you don't have a coin rattling around in the pack either. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, that's basically it. But another product. What's another couple of products coming out, Jake? 
We've talked about these products lately, and we've got an update on them as well. The Clara, 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 Cyrus Premium Tournament Collection Boxes. They have revealed the product images. We talked recently about the... Uh, the two trainers in their upcoming collection boxes and that they were going to be them and the characters. And so now showing off what is the uh, products of those. We've got the two designs of Cyrus and Clara. Both are with two Pokemon that they uh, are kind of trademarked with. Clara with a Galarian Slowking and then a Galarian Weezing. Very cool that they're both um galarian pokemon because she is a galarian trainer mm -hmm. and then cyrus having honchkrow and gyarados yeah. so that's pretty it's it's interesting that they go to galarian pokemon with clara because on her team i'm pretty sure she had other galarian or i'm sorry non-galarian pokemon whereas cyrus has like a kanto pokemon yeah i mean it is but i mean i guess that's I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I'm pretty sure the Gyarados was on his team, like in the video game when you'd fight him. But yeah. like, I don't know. It's it's kind of interesting. I think. I will say, Gen I, Four Love. I do like the uh, the dice for Cyrus specifically. Oh, because like the that black and yellow. Yeah, I mean, black and yellow, in my opinion, is one of the better color combinations that you can have. Yeah. Clara's for anyone that doesn't know, because she's a poison type trainer. They've done purple and green. Which is kind of a cool color. The designs are these. Uh, there's something interesting about these, Sean, in my opinion. So, in the past, I have talked and complained about these boxes and how the deck box is too small, mm -hmm. right? And we actually got a YouTube comment um, a couple weeks ago just asking to explain that. And I've said, for anyone who doesn't know, this deck, the old deck box, like in the Juniper box, you could not fit 60 sleeved cards in there. It was too small. It was only 60 unsleeved cards. Mm. As a competitive player, you know, I'll be the minority on it, right? Because the competitive player is the vast minority of card collectors. That sucks because the deck box would be really cool if I could fit my deck in it and I'd probably use it more. But in these Cyrus and Clara boxes, if you're looking at the images on Poke Beach, they almost look like the double deck boxes that you get at Worlds. Not exactly, but they're much wider. That is what it looks like. But I, this is where I like wonder about that because if I look at the product packaging, like the product packaging is, is the same. The same. So yes. like, how would they? So are they standing the? double deck box on its side maybe it would have to be right and so uh, maybe they're doing that right like maybe they did change the deck boxes but it also i wouldn't write off the fact that maybe they've used the wrong <laughs> package for the mock-up who knows i don't know i mean this is i mean i want to say this is the well it says pokemon nintendo creatures game freak i mean like i don't know it it happens. Would they make a mistake like that? It ha I mean, it happens. It's possible. And not like send an update I mean, to people? I mean, look, this is the kind of all these images, right? These are the kind of images mm -hmm. that get sent to um, typically to stores and distributors, distributors yeah. especially. So they could have sent an image to a distributor and then they resend a different image. And a site like Poke Beach may not, like, it doesn't really matter to them if they get a slightly corrected 
ratio. You know, it's just like, ah, it's going to look mm-hmm. something like this. It's close enough. It would be interesting. I don't have this in front of me, but it would be interesting to see the Marnie and Juniper product images mm-hmm. if they were um, kind of in that sense. Mm. I was trying because to then you could link. kind of see... Um, you could see if like they did that same thing on there, but the, mm-hmm. de- I mean, the deck box is, I would assume that it's probably going to be the same depth in terms of it's, you know, you'd be able to fit the same amount of cards, right. As the Juniper one or the Marnie one, except you get two sides of that. So theoretically you could put your whole deck. You just have to slot it in two um, slots. That's what that kind of looks like to me. Who knows if that'll be, it could be like a sideways opening box even um i have no idea we'll never know until uh, march 24th that's when we'll know yeah that's when we'll figure it out so anyways march 24th as sean said that is when that is releasing they are going to retail um at 39.99 each it comes with the full art foil supporter card featuring cyrus or clara i don't think we know um, which Clara? Yeah. Still yeah, don't. which Clara it's going to be. We're curious if it's going to be... I mean, she doesn't have an alternate, I don't believe, as of yet. So the theory is that she's going to get an alternate. And then I think it's also still theory that the Bosses Order Cyrus promo, it was leaked a while ago that we were going to get it in English. We just don't know how. This would make sense um yeah as we're getting it so who knows and who knows if the promos what the promo uh hollow rares will be of the cards will they be like the juniper ones the regular ones or will they be like the marty's where they have you know the design that's on the boxes i hope the design on the boxes because cyrus especially looks freaking sweet yeah it does uh i mean that's really it jake in terms of products not a lot of product news beginning of the year you know, you got it's a little slow roll into the year, but there was to kick the year off a regional. There was Sean in San Diego, 846 players, Sword and Shield through Silver Tempest. There was a uh, day one graphic that was released in terms of the deck usage analysis to kind of give you an idea of this format, Sean. If you had to take a guess, what was the number one played deck? Most played? Um, I would still pick Lugia as the most played deck. And you were correct because Lugia consisted of 33% of the meta. That oh is huge. I saw a tweet somewhere and I can't remember who said it. So my sincerest apologies. Um, I believe that Lugia is up there as like one of the most played decks in terms of like two different metas because we've had now multiple regionals of lugia and it's taken such a huge share like not even like buzzwool took that much or or something like that so um very very interesting mu v max double turbo energy 11.1 percent of the decks in this meta lost box comfy like ones with Rayquaza or well comfy with the Rayquaza one specifically was 9.5 percent so interesting that this variant specific variant had like almost a 10 percent share in my opinion you have reggie gigas with 7.8 percent 
other lost zone toolbox so this is every other lost zone variant so more light more than likely you're going to face one with a requaza uh amazing rare requaza in it that's been the hot spice as of late the other lost zone toolbox decks were 5.2 percent and sean what do you what do you think was 4.1 percent take a guess uh i would probably i would probably guess some arceus variant maybe I honestly, maybe a Duraludon, Arceus Duraludon. You would be incorrect. It's okay. Eternatus VMAX. Oh, that's right. You know, people people have been getting hype on Eternatus VMAX again. I believe uh, I was Jeremy Jallen that was playing Eternatus VMAX Galarian Weezing. And I think Frank Persick was the one that cooked up the, mm -hmm. the deck. Frank Persick, we had him on our podcast. So just a yeah. little note there kind of creating an archetype and bringing back a Eterna pile that Sean so desperately hated at one point in yep. the uh, meta. But I will say, Sean, it didn't make top eight. So you can sleep happy. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think it's a Galarian wheezing is, is one of those cards that I think in theory, it's always been like pretty, pretty strong, right? Cause there's so many abilities mm -hmm. that are needed for decks to work. You look at Mew VMAX, obviously, you want to use Genesect. You look at Arceus, you want to use the Arceus ability. Starbirth. Starbirth. Yeah. You look at uh, Lost Box, and if you can't use Comfey, and especially can't with... Can't use Comfey, can't use Greninja, yeah. can't... I mean, it's... it's... It's terrible. And then you even look at, like, Reggie, can't use the Reggie yep, ability. Can't use the... Yeah, whatever that's called, the Lugia. one with the Gigas. Lugia, you can't get your Archeops, or even Lugia if you do get the Archeops, you can't use them. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, it makes a lot of sense in theory, but the thing that's always held it back in practice is just that it's a three-cost retreating Pokemon that doesn't do a ton of damage turn after turn, and it is a Stage 1, which, like, mm. you can think to yourself, okay, well, Stage 1's not so bad, but, like, it, it, it's a Stage 1 that is easily killed by one hit. So unless you're like building up a bunch of them and I, I don't know, it's just your game plan can take a while. It's interesting because even though I didn't get to watch a ton of games, one of the series, one of the rounds that I got to watch was Jeremy Jallen. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in the final round of day one play on stream. And a lot of the concept of this deck, I don't have a deck list in front of me. Um, I could probably actually pull it up as I'm talking the concept of the deck was really just like to slow down um, your opponent, because as we were um, saying, the meta right now is so fast and so ability heavy. And it's very, very Sean, I'm sending this to you now. Good, good. Pull yeah, you've got a heavy you've got a heavy line of the wheezing, but you don't use wheezing like the whole game. Yes, you kind of just absolutely destroy. Um you absolutely destroy decks like Lugia and Lost Box that are so reliant on those abilities, but it's the buildup of Eternatus VMAX. You know, that gives you time to build up the Eternatus VMAX, put a bunch of Pokemon on your bench. You also, in the Poison, which, Sean, you alluded to, not a lot of damage, you do have the Radiant um, Hisuian... Uh, what's that Pokemon? Sneasler? Oh, okay. I think it's called. Do you remember what that does? Is I don't know what it does. I'm assuming it like doubles Poison counters or something like that. It, yeah, it adds two Poison damage counters 
every turn. So it's good. There are six damage counters every cycle of turn, which the math kind of works out with Lugia because I believe it's two eighty. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, that math doesn't I mean, necessarily work out, yeah, but you've got Goon King, so that can that that makes it reach to forty. Um, yep. I believe my math is correct, but you've got stuff like Galarian, Zigzagoon, and things like that that can place damage counters. So, um, that's a, I mean, that's the thing with this deck kind of slow your opponent down, force the game to really slow down, and then use Eternatus or Galarian Moltres or Crobat VMAX, um, to just start wiping as you get, as you're set up, but your opponent is not so i mean it's a very interesting and cool list and probably one that a lot of people were not prepared for um very interesting play i mean it's interesting the one thing i'll also call out here is just the fact that your supporters are four marnie and three judge largely Mm -hmm. um and you got a couple of others in there but the bulk of them is hand disruption you've also got three temple of Sinnoh, so turning off all of those uh you know uh special energies so yeah, mm-hmm. to your point, it's it's very like I'm here to disrupt you and win by making it so that whatever you're trying to do, you can't really do it. So it's interesting. Another interesting deck that maybe didn't make top eight. You may have seen me uh, in the Metapod podcast talk about it over on social media on Twitter. Aerodactyl V-Star made an appearance in a deck that I never thought it would be a part of, and that is Mew. VMAX, Sean. Interesting. Again, you know, with Aerodactyl V-Star, we talked a little bit about it in in previous regionals. I believe Arlington Mm -hmm. is when we talked about it. The ability to use Ancient Star, whatever the V-Star power for Aerodactyl V-Star is, the ability to use that first, especially, you know, if you go first against a matchup like Lugia, if you do that, Lugia like just literally cannot win, right? Yeah. Because you're just so dominant. I mean, yes, you sacrifice a fusion strike Pokemon spot on your bench, but it is just that powerful and that good to be able to do. And especially for something like Regigigas as well, right? Regigigas, you know, had to then manually attach on there it cannot use regigigas and so you can just absolutely dominate especially because um the gusting and things like that in regigigas decks there's only like a couple serena in there and so you can just buy so much time also xander Pero, which is the deck that we're showing off today in this part of the video also opted to play manaphy in this Mew VMAX list, Sean. Interesting. I guess that would stop any sort of damage oh. spread to knock out the Aerodactyl, maybe? Or, it, or just damage um, spread in general? Well, especially with Lost Box and also... Well, I don't know if Lost Box was actually playing it too much, but like Lugia, you know, playing Raikou. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very popular. And so, therefore, you get that Manaphy in there and people cannot snipe away your Genesects. You know, people mm-hmm. can't snipe that Oracorio on the bench to sort of uh, run the prize trade, race in the prize trade. So a lot of this list that you're seeing right here in terms of, you know, the Lost Cities, Path to the Peaks, the Aerodactyl, Manaphy, 
a lot of that um, has to do with trying to sway, as Xander puts it, the Regigigast and Lost Zone decks, which, as we mentioned earlier, took up a huge portion of the meta. Um, and so, obviously, with the Aerodactyl, you know, with taking out Lugias, you know, theoretically, this is not a bad list. <laughs> no, it's certainly not. I mean, I think, and we can talk about the uh, list that won. We don't actually have the mm -hmm. list that won the whole tournament, uh, but that was played by Gibson Archer Tang. Um, but what we do know of the list is it was a Vikavolt deck, so obviously item locked. But mm -hmm. the other key component, I believe, was Aerodactyl V-Star. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, Vikavolt has two attacks, but the first attack is the one that really matters in terms of controlling the opponent, which is for two energy, one colorless, one lightning. You do 50 damage, and your opponent can't play any item cards from their hand on their turn. And... So much of the format is based around items, which, whether it's Pokemon Search, um, you know, playing, uh, you know, tool cards or power tablets or, you know, lost switching vacuums. cards, lost vacuum, right? Like, there's just so much that you just cannot do mm -hmm. if you are under item lock. And so if you combine that with Aerodactyl V-Star, um, which, you know, effectively turns off uh, what is it? it? Turns off V -star. abilities. It's all abilities. Yeah, it's abilities. Oh, could you read it out? I'm sorry. I just wanna. I wanna um, hear that. Hold on. I can probably find it. I think a different list also. Your opponent had it. it gains an ability right when you use Ancient Star V Star Power. It gains an ability to where your opponent's Pokemon V in play, except any Aerodactyl V Star have no abilities. Got it. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, like, you turn off all abilities. So you turn off Starbirth. You turn off, I mean, not that it matters, Palkia. You turn off Lugia. You turn off mm -hmm. Genesect, you know? You turn off a huge, huge portion of the meta. Yep. I think earlier I said Regigigas. That was that was a mistake by me. I think I mentioned turning off Regigigas and Greninja and things like that. Yes. Um, I meant that for Galarian Weezing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, like, so it's just interesting that Aerodactyl... Obviously, it's in the first place list. It was in Xander's Mew list. Mm -hmm. And it's also in, I believe, the fifth place list, um, Arceus list. Uh, I'm just going to click that right now to, to double confirm. And yes, it, it is. It does. Yes. So several of these top decks uh, playing Aerodactyl V-Star and other top players playing decks that basically are there to slow the game down, to put more control back into the game. Um. I think that's a really interesting change in the meta from where we were. It is interesting too, because as we've seen more and more Lugia, you know, Lugia is predictable mm -hmm. in the beginning of the game, right? That's usually when people are using the Aerodactyl V-Star. It's predictable in that turn one, it wants to get Archaeops in the discard pile, and it wants to put Lugia V on the bench. Second turn, it wants to evolve into Lugia V-Star. It wants to use the V-Star power ability to put the Archaeops on the bench. And that's literally every single game. Yep. does not matter. Uh, every single game, that is the goal of Lugia V-Star. So this shift in seeing these people try to counter that, you go first, right? You can, I don't want to say you can guarantee that you can get 
you know, I mean, nothing this counter is Yeah, in, to get this counter off an Aerodactyl V-Star, but you've got a really, really good chance to do that. And it's really hard for a deck like Lugia, right, to be able to counter that. I mean, it's not impossible, but it makes it incredibly difficult, and the deck is not necessarily built in that sense, right? To be able to counter that at this point, maybe moving on from now, um, and after we get Crown Zenith, maybe it does become that way, we don't know. But for now, for this event, people found out that Aerodactyl V-Star was the play. Yep. And especially with its um, super efficient energy cost just being one colorless energy, you know, with the Mu V Max, you can stick a double turbo energy on it, right? The damage modifier literally does not matter. Yep. Vcable, you can use Melanie, you can use a lightning energy, you can use any energy, capture energy as well, you know, to set up the rest of your board. Um it's pretty crazy. It's pretty cool. The winning list also had the mysterious tail Mew okay, in it. Nice. Um and I didn't get to watch because I was busy with work and stuff. Um, but I would imagine that maybe it played shoes also. I don't know that for sure, but it wouldn't surprise me because, you know, there was a point before Lugia V-Star, if you remember, Sean, that Mew shoes, Mew shoes, uh, Mysterious Tale Mew and Trekking shoes was a like viable combination of cards that a lot of people played. It was turbo, right? People were calling it turbo. So especially in a deck that is slower and it forces your opponent to go slower. If you can go faster, that would make sense. Mysterious Tail Mew gets you the item cards that you really want. Quick balls, um, ultra balls, things like that to evolve, you know, into the V-Star to put a Luminion V down to grab Melanie or something like that. Um, it, it, insane. Yeah. Really, really cool winner. I like this deck a lot. It's cool. Yeah, it's... Um... I mean, I think the point that you made, I'm I'm amazed that this person got first with the deck mm -hmm. because like I didn't get to watch any gameplay either, but it does, I think, rely I feel like it relies heavily on going first. Well, even then, I mean, even if you're going second, right? So here's the thing about the combination of Aerodactyl and Item Lock that made this deck so strong. Mm -hmm. With Vikavolt, we talked about it previously because I think we there was uh, a top eight in Arlington yep. or something like that. Um, we've talked about a list recently of Vikavolt V. Vikavolt V very consistently can get turn one item lock going second, right? And so your opponent, right, you can't do a ton of things going first. If you're Lugia V-Star, for example, because, you know, you can't use a supporter because turn one supporter rule is still not allowed. And so it gives you, you know, a still a strong start, even if you're going second. Like, I think the deck probably prefers to go first in something like a Lugia V-Star matchup. Sure. But Who doesn't? It's not, it's not impossible going second, because if you stop them from using items, their only way to be able to get you to discard the Archeops as a Lugia player, the only way that you can discard stuff is by using a supporter yeah. right or or the lugia v's first attack something something of the wind or whatever it's like discard a card from your hand and draw three cards or something like that mm -hmm. um and plus 
Vikavolt's hitting for weakness. So with Vikavolt's, you know, we've seen Vikavolt lists in the past because we don't have this winning one yet at the time of this recording. The ones in the past had that Zapdos as well. Mm -hmm. That's true. Inside of it, that boosted damage. So 20 more extra damage onto a Lugia V-Star with the weakness. You've got Choice Band as well. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. Point. And, you know, you had mentioned the main attack being the first one, but especially with Mew VMAX as well being such a dominant deck, right? In Genesect, Genesect has 190 HP. Your second attack, Super Zap Cannon, Lightning, Lightning, Colorless, deals exactly 190 HP. So if you need a finishing move real quick, maybe you've jumped ahead in the game a little bit, you know, you can do that knockout with something like the Choice Belt. Um, so Vikavolt just more and more, especially as Lugia is so dominant, um, more and more Vikavolt is becoming a dominant card as well, just counter card. Quaking Punch is back. Yeah. No, that's. I think that's a really good point about. I forgot about the weakness mm -hmm. against Lugia too, because that does speed up the game for you. Where like even if you aren't going to get you your put your opponent off, on a shorter clock. Well, yeah, like you know? even if they can get the Archeops down, if you're hitting them for weakness every turn, like that's not great for them either. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, and especially because Lugia as well um, uses like Archeops, for example, mm -hmm. to attack at times um you know you can just one hit ko them you can boss up in archaeops if if they maybe if you didn't get your aerodactyl v-star because you know your v-star's prized or yeah. something like that you know and they put out the um archaeops you know bossing koing in archaeops to limit them to just one archaeops is actually so strong because it makes it i think it's impossible if you don't have uh all yeah, the Yvetal Amazing Rare. Oh, right. Yeah, you can't. What I'm saying. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't. If you already weren't having it down, you manually attaching to it or accelerating energy onto it, I don't think that they can. I don't think that they're able because the energy cost of five, I think it is. Yeah. Um, And a lot of it being colored. Yeah. Um, colored costs. They can't respond with just a Yvetal uh, Destruction of Death or whatever it is. Amazing Destruction. <laughs> knockout to just ko your pokemon with whatever damage it or whatever health it has so it's just really really interesting that's cool yeah uh, it's a super neat deck i've seen a lot of people play it lately because after arlington i think like andrew mahone spent a whole day playing it azul spent a whole day playing it on stream so it's pretty cool interesting deck sean um well i will say <clears throat> second place was Mew VMAX. We don't know that list, so no idea if it was a fusion energy or a double turbo version. Mm -hmm. uh, who knows? But or if it had an Aerodactyl VMAX. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that um, Xander Pero, we've talked about Xander Pero being in the group of guys with like Rahul Reddy, Isaiah Bradner, you mm -hmm. know, um, and how they usually play the same deck. I believe Xander was the only one in that friend group that played that. He it, Nobody could convince. I mean, he couldn't convince anybody that this was the gas. And um, the only I know he wasn't in top to eight, play. but yeah, <laughs> Aerodactyl. I mean, he's always played. He's view. always played like obscure decks in the meta. You know, he played. Um, gosh, what was it? It was the open, the DC open at Worlds. He played the um, Chessmate Naganagle 
Naginatal oh, right. GX oh, deck. Oh my gosh. That yeah. was such an incredible deck. You know, you have him playing Dialga V-Star very, very well when the meta was very much not Dialga V-Star and playing like obscure ways with it. And now this Mew VMAX deck that we talked about, I mean, it's just incredible deck building. Closed deck lists are my favorite. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, I, I guess the next deck we can quickly talk about, I don't think it's going to be mm -hmm. that different from what we may have seen before, but Duraludon VMAX getting third with RCS V-Star. You know, uh, I don't think there's anything in particular with this deck, deck that's changed uh, all nope. that much. But... Using the RCS V Chorus uh, experiment engine. Yep, always a good engine. Um, the one thing I Playing will the say... Mustard. Yeah, there is one Rapid Strike style mustard, which is, you know, because I think with this deck, what you want to do is have one V-Star go down, have one V-Max go down, and then only have one V-Max left. Yeah. So you're going to only have one, uh, you know, Pokemon mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So the other, um, the one thing I'll mention about this deck, though, is I would expect to see more of... Duraludon VMAX or this style of play after Crown Zenith comes out. The reason being, we talked about it, I think, last week, the Eternity, the Radiant Eternatus mm -hmm. that allows you to put up to two uh, VMAXs from your uh, deck onto your bench, I believe. And so, like, what, whatever big stonewalling Pokemon you're going to go grab, I think Duraludon VMAX. The fact that it got third here, I think, shows that it's a really good candidate for that. Um, so it's I, just really yeah. interesting because, like, in my opinion, if you're if you're playing Eternatus, Radiant Eternatus, do you still play RCS V Star? Because I don't that think so. kind of like ruins your prize trade. Exactly. No, I think you're right? exactly right. I think you play you know, one rated internist into two Duraludon VMAXs. The question then becomes, how do you accelerate the energy? You have to, in my opinion, you have to play like Mew, Mysterious Tale Mew Nets, um, right? With it could. because, yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, right, like you have to put it onto the bench from your hand. Mm -hmm. So you have to have another Pokemon in there to buffer because... You know, if it's just Radiant Eternatus and the Duraludon V, right? You know, you put a Duraludon V down. Do you want to put two more VMAXs down on the bench? Like, that just seems like too many Pokemon. Oh, yeah, for this definitely not. On the bench. So you got to buffer it with like a Mysterious Tail Mew or something like that. Um, some other support Pokemon. Yeah. Um, to be able to more than likely start every single game. Um, mm -hmm. and then nets as well, I think would work too, because if you start that Eternatus VMAX, you can net it up, um, yep. exactly. and then, you know, be able to use the ability. So, yeah, I, I, my personal opinion, I kind of, I like, I, I, the reason I wanted to bring this deck up, I don't think it's that different. I think clearly Duraludon VMAX as a strategy makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, you would have to solve for the energy acceleration onto the Duraludon VMAX. But outside of that, I would expect to see more of that um, in the coming weeks as Crown Zenith becomes legal. We're excited for Crown Zenith, but we're <laughs> also excited, Sean, about some of these other lists in here. If you want to look at the, um, the Lost Box, we can kind of look at one with the uh, 
Rayquaza, Rayquaza as well. Yes. So again, Lost Box, we mentioned the Lost Box Rayquaza taking a vast majority of Lost Box variants. If you do not remember what the Amazing Rare Rayquaza does, it's 120 HP colorless Pokemon and its amazing burst attack is a cost of one grass energy, one lightning energy, and one fighting energy. It is 80 times in terms of its damage output. Discard all basic energy from this Pokemon. This attack does 80 damage for each type of basic energy you discarded in this way. This deck, as you would come to expect, has one, two, three, four, five different types of energy, basic energy specifically. So you can do 80 times five, that's 400 damage. You can knock out anything in the format, Sean. Yeah, and look, you don't need to do four. You could also just do 320 with four energy. Mm -hmm. And that only requires two Mirage Gates. Like you have four Mirage Gates and you could go from having no Rayquaza to a Rayquaza on the bench, two Mirage Gates, all your energy and dealing enough damage to knock out any of the VMAXs for three prizes. And it doesn't even need two Mirage Gates either to knock out like a Lugia V-Star or something of the sort because, you know, with the three energy costs, you can just use the Mirage Gate and you've got a couple different options. You can Raihan onto it, right? There's a couple Raihan in this list. You're playing a bunch of one prize Pokemon that are going to get knocked out every single turn. Or what you could do is you just manually attach, whether that is something from the hand that you picked up because this deck does draw a lot through flower selecting on the Comfey and then also Radiant Greninja, or you can Radiant Greninja and then just training court yep. that energy. There are There is one training court in this list, so plenty of ways to get energies, both from the discard pile and you know from the deck, from your hand, from anywhere except your prizes. <laughs> I mean, I think what's interesting to this is this is a nice response to people playing Big Parasol. Because mm -hmm. if you remember, Big Parasol stops um, all effects of opponent's attacks. Um, and that includes the Eveltal effect to just mm -hmm. knock you out. And this says, well, for one less energy, I can do enough damage to knock you out. Like, I don't need to just get the instant KO. I just KO. force my way through it, you know? <laughs> right. So, like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting that, like, Lost Box, because obviously Veltal goes into um, Lugia, but Lost Box being like, I can do one better <laughs> with Rayquaza and, and still get around big mm -hmm. parasols. Um, but yeah, you also have the amazing rare Raikou in this deck, which will do that spread damage, which Jake talked about earlier. Um, and then just Raikou V, if you just need a, a single attacker to knock out your Lugia Vs. You know, and V stars. I mean, and really just anything in yeah. in the format, because a lot of decks right now are benching and they're benching a lot of Pokemon. So being able to, you know, use Raikou V and whether that's, you know, Squishymon, I'm sure it's primarily used for Lugia V, right? If you both have full benches, Raikou V probably knocks out through weakness, I would assume, right? I mean, because it's 20 plus. 20 base plus 20 more for each bench Pokemon, you and your opponents. That's five and five, 100, 200. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to get 220. Most these. Yeah, you're going to get most. Um, you're going to get most of those. And that's, I mean, wait, 220 and then weakness, like 400 damage max. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so you're knocking out a bunch of Lugias. 
Yeah. I, I look, this is a really cool deck. I think um you have an energy recycler as well because you know a lot of this discard energy so uh i I don't know in terms of like lost box lost box was a deck that i had built before jake and i think Mm -hmm. this is a great one because i think i still have most of these cards it doesn't really i don't think there's really anything from the new set silver tempest that's even in this deck um i don't think so either so like yeah if you're you know rocking with some uh, some older sets or you were out the game for a couple of months like this is a great deck to pick up in my opinion Um, if you also maybe want to do a binder drop of cards you can look at the arceus (laughs) deck that place i think this was fifth overall this is a binder drop sean you have your arceus (laughs) v and v star you have your aerodactyl v star which you had mentioned earlier it's paired up with a couple different pokemon flying pikachu v max I think we may have mentioned that um, previously, you know, Azul Garcia Griego won, I think it was North American Internationals with Flying Pikachu VMAX RCS V-Star, so very powerful combination still. Espeon VMAX, which I think we've talked about in a previous week, the Espeon VMAX, just using a bunch of... um, a bunch of damage through Max Mindstorm and then also the ability, you know, preventing effects of Pokemon that have or preventing effects from, you know, Pokemon that have energy attached to them. You also have in here two other attacking po- or three attacking Pokemon, I guess, because Luminian V has been seeing a lot of attacks um, as of late through like Lugia V start. You've got yeah. Empoleon V, Sean. Yeah. Empoleon V basically stopping all Pokemon, basic Pokemon in play that have abilities, unless they have a rule box or your cum phase, anything Reggie. This is the quote unquote Reggie killer. I mean, Emperor Archeops. Eyes. Archeops. Well, no, Archeops is not a basic Pokemon. Oh, you're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I'm wilding. It's okay. I wish it did because <laughs> oh then, gosh. you know, Archeops would tank further. But anyways, also having the Drapion V in there, you know, Drapion V yep. built to the hit UV Max, and that's pretty much it. Yep. <laughs> also in here is the Yvetal Cry of Destruction Yvetal. So we've been talking a lot about the Amazing Rare Yvetal. This is different. This is from Pokemon Go set. You may remember it in any Sander Wachik deck um, that is Control, Cry of Destruction, two colorless energies, in the cost discard up to three special energies from your opponent's Pokemon. A lot of things are playing special energies right now. So you can take out a lot of energies from the field discard a lot to have your opponent pretty much have no energies left in the game. Mm -hmm. Especially like, I think with the Drapion, your Mew matchup is probably decent, but Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Mew VMAX definitely can suffer if you're playing against somebody who's being too aggressive with, Hey, I have an I have an energy attachment every turn. I'll just go ahead and attach. You know, three turns in or whatever. All of a sudden, if there's three double turbos down, and you get rid of all three of them, well, they only have one attack one attacker left in the game. <laughs> That's not great. Mm-hmm. So, what's very interesting, in my opinion, Sean, about this deck is the two hyper potions. Oh, um, weird. You're playing hyper potions, and you know you're playing V Max Pokemon, so very hard to one shot unless you're hitting for you know like for the espion dark weakness or for the flying pikachu v lightning weakness and so using the hyper potion to negate some of that energy to maybe force your opponent to do a three shot on you um or in terms of the lost box math 
right? Negating those um, that damage counter placement, that critical damage counter placement that the opponent is putting all over the board. Hmm. Yeah, that isn't. It'd be interesting to see how much he used those hyper potions throughout the team tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, cause two of them, you know, it's semi-significant. It's not like a one of or something where it's like, oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're arguably playing one like every other game, yeah, right? Yeah. At least. Um, so kind of cool deck. I mean, using the research and the, it has one Sharon's care in there too. Always love a good Sharon's care in an Arceus deck. <laughs> always love the good Sharon's care. I don't think the Reggie Gigas deck it's is that different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. This one specifically playing trekking shoes. You opted for multiple copies of each Reggie, so not yeah. limiting yourself to just one. You know, four paths to the peak because stopping your opponent's Pokemon V abilities is really, really good. Or, well, I guess I should say rule box abilities, um, because like Radiant Greninja and stuff shuts off. I will say as well the uh, the Lost Box deck that Pablo Mesa played. Um, they, uh, they do have the two Raikou, two Rayquaza as well. No Raikou no v. v. Yeah. No Raikou V, but the amazing rares. I love, love, love how much play the amazing rares are getting. Yeah, it is. It is actually pretty cool. Like if you look at the main quote unquote main Pokemon in this deck, you have mm -hmm. like the lost zone effects around comfy Sableye and Cramorant. And then you have the amazing rare sort of effect around Raikou and Rayquaza. And it's just cool, like, all this stuff coming out of the borders of the card. And just sort of seeing mm -hmm. that all on display, in, you know, in a deck list. It's kind of fun. And it's just really cool, because, like, especially for the Amazing Rares, right? For Vivid Voltage, when they were coming out, everybody wrote them off. Well, because their There's, energy requirements are just so weird. It's so absurd. But now with something like Mirage Gate opening up the meta in the Lost Box or Lost Zone Engine, yeah. right? Colrus Experiment, really good card. Comfey, really good card. Constantly putting things in the Lost Zone. You know, you even have other things, not in this list specifically, but like Lost Vacuum, putting things in the Lost Zone. Yeah. I'll be... Um, I'll it's be, just... I was going to say, I'll be interested to see, because the Amazing Rares all are going to rotate in March, mm -hmm. which is a little sad. I just looked it up. I was like, what, what's the regulation mark? And it's D, which is Thank sad. You. Yeah, they've had a, uh, they've just had a a short lifespan. But I will be interested to see um, as Pokemon continues to print dragon cards more and more. Which mm -hmm. the the change that they've made, not the change, but like the thing about dragon Pokemon that is more unique is that they typically take more than one type of energy, mm -hmm. and that has always been their downside in the past, right? Is that like, oh, how do you get the energy onto them, et cetera? But, you know, outside of uh, Giratina V-Star, um, it'll be interesting to see if other dragon types in the future also rely on the Lost Box engine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just a thought. It's also interesting. I sent you a uh, image of it, Sean. Um Dialga, 28th overall in the uh, San Diego Championships, was Dialga V-Star. I mean, I talked about it earlier, just being a cool deck. Here it is right there, you know, playing the Zashin V as usual, because Zashin V is just real, real good, right? As we've talked about previously, it's been a while, but we did it. Um, 
in there the mysterious tale mew just really really getting you going and stuff like that um you've got your trekking shoes as well again turbo things like that your supporters not a lot of supporters to be honest which i think is very interesting but then again with your mew right your mew is basically like a supporter in grabbing the trekking shoes and the metal and stuff. Saucers. Your ultra balls, yeah, your metal saucers. So it would make sense why you basically just want a ton of items um, yeah. instead of you know opting for more supporters. And although I don't have a list in there because we were talking about amazing rares, I saw this on Twitter made day two. Um, Zashian V, or I'm sorry, not Zashian V. Well, Zashian V is in this deck. Zashian Amazing Rare made a day two appearance going 8-0-1 in day one. Didn't make top eight, obviously. And I don't know the final placements of the uh of the deck. It's being called Lost Dogs. <laughs> utilizing Zashian V, Zashian Amazing Rare, Comfey, right? Because Lost Box Engine, very, very good and mm-hmm. can, as we talked about, can really help fill the energy requirements of those crazy amazing rares. But also the other Zashian V, the one from the Pokemon Go set that accelerated, yeah, the psychic energy. So, I mean, although the format is very interesting, um, and by interesting, I mean a lot of people are tired of it because Lugia just really, 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 really dominates. There's still some extra stuff that, you know, can pop up here and there that you can innovate and have fun with. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see what um, Crown Zenith, you know, how if if that really shakes up the format too much. I think Eternatus, as we said, rated Eternatus has potential, and then the Zacian V Star and the Zamazenta V Star, probably more the Zacian, but like, I don't know, like who knows, man? Like if you're gonna play the dogs, now's the time before they rotate. I know, so. and we talked about the energy requirement yeah. for Zacian, how it's like not actually that out. It's like not that crazy, and you do a lot of damage. Yeah. Well, the fact so, that you can do enough to one hit KO something, and then you're big enough to not necessarily be one hit KO'd back. Mm-hmm. It is interesting because it's like, oh, you can really swing that prize race pretty quick. So it'll be curious to see where the meta goes. And we'll keep you informed here on the Metapod podcast as always. And Sean, do we have anything else to talk no. about? No. Uh, well, one thing I'll say no, is going like, to be. I want to go to bed. <laughs> well, no, no. Like, there's uh, the next regional isn't until the beginning of February, so it'll be a bit. And mm-hmm. the next time we see a big regional online will be Crown Zenith Legal. So we'll see if any of these predictions, Jake, are held up. We'll start talking um, about Crown Zenith and the online meta. So uh, people will be really excited about that this week, and those will start popping up. So we'll kind of see out of the gates if anything really changes. But we'll keep you informed, as always, as the podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. I'm Jake. That's Sean. And have a great rest of the week.